Chocks and dogs, chocks and dogs. What's happening, dude? You there? I'm there. You sure? I'm here. All right, man. We're back. As I said on Twitter today, the boys are back in town. We're on the mics, watching some Verlander, try to get this no-hitter. Yeah, we took a couple weeks off, a summer break, a little summer break. After yeah, I the said you were, if you looked at Twitter, I said, Dave had, you know, took a little vacay. That's right. I was playing with my kiddos. But, hey, we want to say thanks to everybody that came out to Scores. Um, we had a blast. Thanks to uh, Scores, our sponsor, for having us. It was huge. It was huge. It yeah. was a great turnout, man. We had fun. We had fun. It was a lot of fun, man. A lot of giveaways. Um, I can't believe the crowd that came out, man. They were awesome. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. No, yeah, I listened back to it. Like I, I always like listening back, and uh, that was fun, man. I had a blast. Um I, I don't know. I think uh, I think our scores show may have given the, your cubbies a little uh, a little little hot streak because uh, what are they in August? Eighteen and four, dude. They are on fire. I believe eighteen and four. I think it was they've won. Yeah, eighteen out of the last twenty-two. I believe they're playing tonight. Um, PV, Kyle Hendricks on the bump. They're on fire, dude. Can we? What do you think? You're a Sox fan, so what, what, have you watched them at all? Well, uh, while we were on break, I went to uh, one of the Cubs Sox games at Kamitsky and uh, or U.S. Cellular. Uh, yeah, so went to uh, went to the Cubs Sox game at U.S. Cellular with the family. Sox lost. It was a close game, at least. But yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I guess it's good to see somebody winning. I, I can't. I can't. Can't really be upset about it, you know what I mean? They're 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 a great team. They're young. They're they're just so much fun to watch. They could be down. They could be yeah. Start playing that music. They could be. No, I don't know. They. I'm not saying this is the this is the year that they're gonna get it done. But they're, Dave, as a Cub fan, as a diehard Cub fan, this it's so good to see where they're at now in the way they did it i mean a lot of teams can't do it the way they did it they broke it down all the way down and they re-energized the fan base and the picks and just and just it was it was awesome it's awesome to see man it's just awesome as a cub fan i guess i guess if you're a cub fan it's probably great um yeah, we got. Um, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. I, I have a lot of friends that are Cub fans. You're obviously a Cub fan, so I'm happy to see, you know, some excitement on on that side of town. Uh, and it's a hot ticket. It's good for it's good for the economy here in Chicago. It's good for the bars. It's good for you know anybody. Cub, the Cubs are the hottest thing in the country right now. If you're a sports fan, if you like baseball, everybody's talking about the Cubs right now. Yes, it's ridiculous. So we're gonna get into it. A little college college football. Of course. Are we uh, ready to rock and roll? I think so. All right, let's bring her in. At Shea Pepler on Twitter at one twenty sports. Shay, you there? I'm here. What's happening? Yeah, what's going on tonight in the sports world? Did you just did you just hear about Derek Rose? Derek Rose. 
entertainer. I mean, the Chicago sports world is just not looking bright tonight. That's for sure. I was on my way to Dave's house, our little studio, and I couldn't believe it. I was reading it. I know I shouldn't be doing it when I'm driving, but I'm like, what is going on? I, I, honestly, I could not believe, but two years, I mean, I don't really want to speculate. We got other stuff to get into, but two years, two years ago, this happened. I mean, come on, really? Uh, well, and she dated him for two years. I mean, you got to get more details and I'm by no means trying to downplay the story, but this could not be worse timing for Adidas. Wow. He's just set to release his new gym shoes tomorrow morning, I believe. And it's supposed to be this big thing for him <laughs> and for Adidas. This is, yeah. It's going to be it's, awkward. But it's not going to go so well. I just told, I told that to Dave when I walked in. I said, it's really not much if it's not going to be that big of a story going forward for his basketball career. It's about his endorsements and people, his brand. Yeah, but attorneys aren't stupid. They know that that event's happening. That's why it leaks today. That's I mean, there's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. Right. It's just, uh, I, mean, I don't want to take, it's more about what's going on in that situation. That's where the focus should be. I'm not trying to focus on shoes here, but I mean, I just can't believe this. Kane, Rose, I know Ray McDonald's on the Bears for like a half a day, but still, it's just not a good look. It's not it's look. Really it's, not. it's not a good look for any guy, really, right now. It's it sucks to be a guy. No, Shay. it no. really does. Oh, but yeah. but but on anyway, this, Verlander just gave us a no no in the ninth. I mean, there's just so much going on. Oh, it's huge! And my favorite story of the week, um, and I and I'm so glad to hear that you're coming on because uh, my uh, Buckeyes AP ranked number one. No surprises though, right? Uh, your Buckeyes ranked AP number one, but I don't know. Do you know what happened today? Your receiver Noah Brown went down with a leg injury. No well, good. That, that's why we I have. That's why we have. You. They're going to be able to talk to in that game against Bob Tech is going to be Braxton now. So hopefully he's got his receiver reps in because that's about the only guy that's going to be able to catch the ball for you in that first game. Hey, next guy up. That's what I always say. Next guy up. <laughs> but there's not many next guys up. You've got two guys out on suspension. <laughs> including Joey Bosa, not that he's catching the ball, but still. And now you've got Noah Brown going down as well. So hopefully the depth is as strong at receiver as it is at um, quarterback. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, the other thing I noticed, TCU, that was a team that last time we talked, you were all over those guys, uh, number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I love this TCU. I think Gary Patterson is a phenomenal coach. He's really put them in a perennial powerhouse kind of category. I love Trevon Boykin. He's one of my favorites to win the Heisman this year, which is no surprise. I mean, I think everyone's kind of got him slated in that Heisman preseason ballot as well. But, um, you know, last year the talk was all about them missing the playoff and how they would fare against Ole Miss in the bowl game. And they showed up, took care of business, wiped off their hands, and it was nothing but a thing. They returned a ton of starters. So, um, yeah, TCU is going to be a force to be reckoned with, that's for sure. Yeah, the, I, now if they can just stay out of their own way. If everyone can not get in trouble on TCU, if everyone can just do their business and hopefully have no other headlines going on, I think they've got a really good shot. A little snidbit on TCU. Did you know that they're the only team in the nation that will be starting all new linebackers this year? No, I did not know that little team tidbit. Yeah, um, not. But you know what? They've I, got, no, no, they've I. Got, I Go ahead, go ahead. Other starters on the field where I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. 
No, no, I, I, I really like TCU a lot this year. Um, can I let me look? I want to switch gears just a little bit, stay on college football. But I, I read the other day that three or four of the top ten recruits in Illinois or Chicago are going to Michigan State next year. How can they change that? Can can Illinois Northwestern? How can they keep these guys to stay around? Well. Illinois is in a little bit of a world of hurt right now. I was at Media Days a couple weeks ago with Tim Beckman, who's who's always been very, very nice to me. But he, you know, there's a lot going on in the locker room, a lot going on in the athletic department between coaches and the AD and players accusing coaches of being disrespectful or doing the wrong thing. Um, Beckman really had no answer for it at Media Days. He looked every media member in the eye and either said, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to answer to it. Now, that could be a court or, or legal thing where he's not entitled to speak on it, but it really just wasn't a good look. He was asked about it multiple times during his press conference. He had nothing to say. His focus, he said, was on the football field and he was basically going to play quarterback and his defense. He didn't want to address any of it, and I just think to me, and again, Beckman has always been very nice, and I've spoken to him in an interview with him about football things, but I think to me there's a bigger issue going on in Illinois that I'm sorry if I had a son and this was going on and he walked into my living room and he said, hey, I can't talk about any of that, nor do I want to. I want to talk about what's going on in the football field. I'd be like, uh, yeah, no, no thanks. <laughs> I'd like to know what's really going on. So I just think it's a bad look right now at Illinois until they figure out either they come clean with the story or they explain it a little bit or there are some fires or hires made. I think Illinois is in a little bit of world of hurt in their entire athletic department, to be honest. And Northwestern, I mean, Coach Fitz, I think, is doing a lot with what he has. It just seems like that game they had two seasons ago at home against Ohio State, game day was there. I don't know if you guys remember this. It was like... The biggest game ever, it feels like. And ever since that game, they lost that game late, things just seem to come unraveled. Injuries, everything else. Ever since that game, I feel like the balloon has been deflated. So hopefully this is the year. Matt Alvey is one of the quarterbacks that's in the mix. He went to my high school. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping Northwestern can figure it out this year. But they, they need to get back to where they were before that game against Ohio State at home two seasons ago. If... Michigan State or Ohio State don't win the Big Ten. Is there any other team that maybe can sneak in like a Michigan? Yeah, I mean, the only other team I would say is Michigan. Now, huh? Nebraska's kind of underrated. We don't really know what's going to happen with Mike Riley there. I don't know. McQueen gone. They always have a lot of talent. Jordan Westerkamp, one of their receivers, a phenomenal receiver. They got Tommy Armstrong for center. So, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen with Mike Riley. You know, a lot of the argument was he was a mediocre coach coming over to a program that underachieved. It's kind of a weird hire. We don't, you know, so Nebraska can kind of throw in the mix, and then you don't know what you're going to get out of Harbaugh. I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Harbaugh, but you don't know what you're going to get out of the team yet. Um, so it's, it's Ohio State, a lot of space in between, and then I think Michigan State, Michigan, Nebraska is how I think the dominoes will fall. Penn State, you don't want to rule them out either. Hackenberg's a very capable quarterback. He's got a lot of weapons. Experienced guys this year. In talking to coaches and players at Media Days, this is one of their deepest teams that they've ever had. So, you know, they have full scholarships back now, which makes a big difference. So, you know, Penn State's in there as well. We're talking to Shea Pepler. 
from Campus Insiders and at 120 Sports. You can find Shea Pepler on Twitter at Shea Pepler, S-H-A-E-P-E-P-P-L-E-R. Thank you for spelling that. Might as well, right? Because you said A after – you always say E after the A. I got to. Actually – I know. I like that. Actually, I got kind of a funny story because so – so after we were at Scores, uh, last time we talked to Shay, we, we were at Scores, and and she was there live. And um, I guess apparently, and I don't want to, I don't want to dig too much, but you were involved in like like a like um like a. Uh, I'll, I'll, let me put it this way: my niece goes to dance classes, right? Uh, and I have I <laughs> yeah. have I have three I have three nieces. They're all younger, and one of them mm-hmm. is named after your name. They saw your name on the wall of this of this studio. And they loved it, and they named my my niece's named Shay, same spelling, right after yours. Oh my god! Okay, wait, this is really funny. I, so I I must have spoken to your aunt then because I know this story. If this is the same person, she told me this right after she was born. How old is she? She has to be little. Yeah, yeah, she's little. I think she's like five years old, something like that. So, yeah, so like, yeah. Yes, I used to dance all through high school and, and in college and um yeah your aunt told me that she named her and i didn't really know them at all but she's like i named my daughter after you that's so funny yeah yeah it's a small world we're Sorry. talking to a superstar right now huh <laughs> all right Sorry. i'm gonna probably no you're fine i like that story i like stories like that <laughs> i'm probably gonna butcher this guy's name shay sam yuko waku yeah you can watch it you can watch it okay mm-hmm. um sexual assault convicted Went from Boise to Baylor. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's, I know. I'm going to get to it. I just want to hear your take on it. The NCAA, NCAA transfer rules. How is is covering how you cover the Big Ten? Uh-huh. And how should they change transfer rules? How sh- how should they go about it? Can this should this guy be able to play? Forget, forget the transfer rules. Okay, this was an issue, and I'm I obviously love the Big Twelve Conference. I follow them extremely closely. Same with the Mountain West. So two conferences that I'm partnered with over at. Canvas Insiders and 120 Sports. So this was kind of, you know, I think it's become now a war of words between Coach per- Coach Peterson and Coach Biles on how much each one knew, how much the- each program knew, when really it should be about this girl <laughs> who has kind of gone through the ringer and back being a-, a Baylor. I don't know how much you guys know about this story, but this was a, ba- a female Baylor athlete who got involved with Sam, or well, avoided last name for the sake of the conversation here, um, who got involved with Sam and basically went to authorities and told her side of the story, and they made her change her schedule so she would have to avoid him as opposed to him having to change his schedule and his classes and his study periods that involved her. Um, they reduced her scholarship. She was on full scholarship as an athlete as well. They reduced her scholarship once the story kind of started to get out. And she was ultimately forced to transfer. So it's an extremely sad situation for this girl. And now this guy has been found guilty of, of this and, you know, had to be released. On top of that, Boise State, there has been numerous records of this guy and his ex-girlfriend and things that he was doing while he was in Boise. So it's just a really unfortunate situation. And look, things get overlooked, okay? We all make mistakes. I understand that. And, you know, while this is on Coach Riles because he's the head coach, there's a lot of people that stuff has to go through. And transfer rules, I believe him when he says, hey, I didn't red flag it as him getting dismissed from the team because I had spoken to Sam. He supposedly gave him the lowdown on everything that was going on. Now, do you think that he's really going to give him every single detail of what's happened in his his past life? Probably not. Um, And he's like, you know, there's a lot of times kids get released and they transfer, and it's as simple as 
you know, not following a rule or, you know, misusing, you know, underage drinking or whatever it is. You know, you don't always know the specific details. However, and when now this is happening, and we, you know, we just finished talking about it with Derek Rose and Patrick King. I mean, it's going on in every sport, and it's a, it's a topic that we're bringing up almost every day now, it seems like, which is disgusting. we got to pay closer attention and shame on the Baylor football program and really the Baylor media. Waco is a town that's 100,000 plus people. There's not a lot going on there besides Baylor football. I find it hard to believe that no one in that news department saw this story and just overlooked it and didn't report it. They purposely didn't report it because it's the football team and it's what pays everyone's bills there. So it's just frustrating to me that Baylor had so many opportunities to do the right thing and they really just didn't. And whether that's on media, on coaching staff, on this player, on his teammates, on Boise, whatever it is, I just feel like there's so many missteps in this story and it's just extremely disappointing. Yeah, and it's not really hard to find things out, even if you're not in the media. I mean, you can Google things, I'm sure, and if you, this stuff comes up, you know. And uh-huh. it, 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 This guy, he's not some under-the-radar player. He's an All-American player. Back in June, the coordinator came out and said he was likely to, well, he knew this trial was going on, that this guy is likely going to start for the team from game one. Why would you come out and make this this big extravagant point when you know this kid is going to court for what's going on? I just feel like it's just was overlooked, and it can't be overlooked anymore. This cannot be something we just brush under the rug anymore. It needs to be addressed, and people need to pay closer attention to it. It's frustrating. Absolutely. So um, to change gears here and get into a, a little bit lighter uh, conversation, we keep coming <laughs> back to this stuff, but um, – so as we start getting into college football season, are there any games we want to look forward to, like the first the first couple weeks? Is there anything that that uh, is is maybe something you're looking forward to watching, or we should look out for? Yeah, um, well, let's start with Michigan Utah. I think everyone's kind of looking forward to the debut of Jim Harbaugh. Oh my gosh, at media days, you guys, it was insane. You would have thought the president of the United States was walking through there. There were people everywhere taking pictures. He was turning down media requests to the likes of Big Ten Network, who pay that school millions of dollars. It's just, it's a circus right now what's going on in Ann Arbor, and I get it, and, and he deserves that circus because he's a phenomenal football coach, but it is just going to be so interesting to see what he does with this football program with all of the hoopla going on in Ann Arbor. So I'm really looking forward to that game. And then another big one is Wisconsin-Alabama. I mean, last year, Wisconsin-LSU was a phenomenal, I don't know if you guys remember that game, it was back and forth. Wisconsin kind of really took it all the way into the fourth quarter. Um, and now this year you've got Alabama going up against them. So I'm really looking forward to that matchup as well. Back to the Big Ten. Um, any news that you can talk about maybe coming out of Northwestern? Um, like I came at you the first time where we're at scores. It seems like when they played Michigan, you know, like we talked about, the air just came out of the balloon. Um, can they rev that? that rub it back up this year or uh, who's starting at quarterback for them? Well, uh, this says he hasn't named a starter yet. He's got three guys. And when I asked him about it, I keep referencing media days, but that was the last time I talked to all these coaches. Uh, when I asked him about it at media days, he said, look, we don't know when we're going to name a starter. Shay, you know, we've looked at these three guys very closely. And normally at this point in the season, one seems to jump out more than the other does. And we just haven't had that happen. And he's like, I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know if that's a good thing because, not one of these guys has kind of shown to me that they're the clear-cut leader. They all kind of excel in different areas. He's like, or maybe, you know, it's a, good, it's a good thing because I've got three very capable quarterbacks. But he hasn't named one just yet. 
Um, but I think that'll be an interesting situation. And they've got a tough game one, too, against Stanford. I mean, battle of the brains. So um, we'll find out real quick what kind of team this Northwestern football team is. So TCU is the pick, right? That's who you're still going with? Is that what I picked to win the national championship, TCU? Ooh, is that what I did? Yeah, you did. I we have it. We have it. We can play. I, I forgot. I just simply forgot. I just I want to remember. So remind me. So TCU is my pick. Yes. I didn't pick Ohio State. I picked TCU. TCU. I just who, want to remember. Who who do you think? <laughs> can... But I picked TCU. I'll stick with my word. I think they are very capable of winning that college football playoff. But without 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 any linebackers playing a college game. <laughs> Shay, I'm just, I know. You won the I know. national championship last year. Tell me you called that. I'm sure you didn't. So please, the linebackers is a minor detail. Uh, defense, though, a little bit, right? TCU, TCU puts up a ton of points, though. They always put up points. A ton of points. It's their bread and butter. So who 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 else? I mean, Alabama's going to be there. We know Ohio State's going to be there. Anybody, anybody else? Maybe. What? That's what I, was, I wanted to ask you, too. Let's get off that. Oregon. Oregon. Let's say it that way. I say Oregon. I like I I, Oregon. I like North Carolina and Duke. Oh yeah, remember that? I like both. That makes no sense. I like the Cubs and the White Sox. Yeah. No, you don't. All right, whatever. Let's get back on track. Oregon without Mariota. Right, can they? Vernon uh, Adams is the guy. They're going to be is he? fine. Is he the More guy? About okay. the system in Oregon than it is the player. I mean, how many times do we go over this? More about the system in Oregon than it is the player. Vernon Adams comes in now. He's going to probably struggle, I think, right out the gate. I wouldn't be surprised if they have Lockie, who's their two guys, play a little bit in that game one. Um, but Vernon Adams, because Vernon Adams literally just started playing there 10 days ago after he passed his math test. I don't know how much close, how close you guys followed that story. He wasn't granted um, eligibility to transfer until he passed one math test at Eastern Washington, which just happens to be their first game of the season against Eastern Washington passed it. Now he's fully in the Oregon system. So he's only been there 10 days. So he doesn't have a lot of time to kind of learn what's going on. So I, I think they're going to play two quarterbacks that first game. But Vernon, Vernon Adams is going to ultimately be the guy. He's not as good as a runner as Mariota was, but he's extremely capable. I, I don't think Oregon's going to miss the Okay, so who who can be a team that can come? Can Oregon, I say Oregon, you say Oregon, or whatever you say. Can they be the team? Oregon. USC, USC, I think, is, is another team that could be in the mix. They are not as deep, though, as a TCU, as an Ohio State, as an Alabama. Shay, um, I, I love them. I love them this year. You love USC? Yes. Cody Kessler? Yeah. Yes. Um, although, Stark, I mean, hopefully they can handle these off-season headlines. As you guys, I'm sure, saw what head, the head coach, Chief Tarkeesian, must have been going out with him the last couple of days and getting caught drinking at an event and... Now he's going for help, I guess, I and mean, medication in his system. So that's kind of a little bit of a mess to be dealing with right before the season. But if they can wipe that away, um, I think they've got a good shot as well. Um, I'm reading an article here. USC, um, they're, they're saying they're the most overrated team in, in the Pac-12. Um Oh, God. Do you do you think there's any do you think there's any logic behind that? I mean, just because you read stuff online. Um, no, because last we were reading about how UCLA was going to win it all. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't understand The hype that. is real every season for some team out there. I, I, no, I I think this USC team is extremely talented. Now, I haven't, we haven't seen Sarkeesian in this kind of situation 
Heisman caliber quarterback at USC. Um, so I think a lot's going to have to do with their head coach. And like I said, they can't afford to have injuries. So if they have one or two injuries on either side of the ball, um, they're going to they're going to struggle. They've got strong lines, especially their offensive line. Um, and they have an extremely capable quarterback, which we know can win you football games. So I don't think they're overrated at all. UCLA is always in the mix over there. Oregon's always in the mix. UCLA just named a, a true freshman quarter quarterback literally hours ago. Yeah, what? Um, what? what, what Arizona State ranked. Go ahead. Do, I mean, what do you think about a, a true freshman starting a quarterback? That just has, that just has trouble written all over it, doesn't it? He was the I believe the number one quarterback coming out of the nation. If I I could be wrong on that for sure, the state of California. I think the nation. He's extremely talented. I've heard comparisons to Jameis Winston in his, like, the football mind that he has. He's an extremely smart football player, very cerebral. So I was not shocked by this at all. They draw comparisons to Brad Kaya at Miami, who his numbers weren't phenomenal last year, but another extremely talented quarterback. Um, so I wasn't surprised that this Josh Rosen started at all. New Highs was a great backup, though. That's a, that's a, that's a really good once you punch to have it, you know, under center. But I wasn't surprised because he's a very smart, smart quarterback. So you're from the north side, right? Yeah. Cubs fan? Cubs. What do you think? I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I don't want to get my hopes up, though. I mean, because it's like one day, it's like, they're going to win the wild card and then this and then that. And then the next day, it's, they're struggling mightily. So I, I don't want to get my hopes up because I just can't handle that right now. So I'm going to focus on football. Um, but this could be exciting. This is an exciting day. And so funny because everyone thought the Sox were going to kill it this year. The Sox were the team to beat. It was all about the White Sox. You should see Dave right now. You could see the fu- He's his eyes at me. You should see the fume coming out of his nostrils. Hey, don't worry, Cubs fans. October's right around the corner. He's yeah. say, it's gonna blow up, he's saying. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I I'm a huge Cubs fan, Shay, and we're gonna let you go. I know you gotta be up early at one twenty sports. I have to go super early. Huh? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm on that morning show tomorrow. I've yeah. got a very early wake up call. All right, we'll let you go. I'm just excited about the Cubs. I told Dave, it's just as a fan base, the way they did it, a lot of teams can't do it that way. And to see how they They bought in. They bought in. Yeah. They're young. They're hungry. Yep. Come on. Jump on the bandwagon. Let's go. I'm 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 all over it. <laughs> Shay, Shay, thanks thanks for taking some time. I know you uh want to get to bed, so thanks for coming on. Well, let's get let's get no a plug problem. let's get a plug in. Don't forget about the Twitter, but Shay, where else can people find you? You got a morning show tomorrow. This will probably get posted yeah, uh, tomorrow I'm night. But. I'm on the morning show at 120 Sports tomorrow, which streams live on the app um, and online. So 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. is the morning show, and then I'm on Football Fix from 9 to 12, 10 to 12, um, and then updates throughout the day, 120 Sports tomorrow. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shay. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Talk you to too. you later. Bye. College That's football, huge. yeah. College what you, football. What, what do you think, man? Um, I'm excited for it. You know, I, I, I'm a guy that that follows my team, and uh, I don't, you know, I don't get too roped up. There's so many teams to follow, and there's so much. I love watching college football. There's there's a lot going on. A lot of garbage games 
handful of good games. You know, there's a lot of blowouts, you know, like 53. To- Do you get jacked for the house state games? You sit down and bunker down. No. You know what? I... I- I try and watch as many as I can, but you know, let's face it, this podcast isn't paying me, so usually I got to work on Saturdays. But I try and watch, uh, like TiVo it, and I'll watch it like on double speed or something, and stop it if I see something good. But when you lose Noah Brown for the season, that's uh, that's a tough one. That's a I got a receiver. big play for in the first week. Do you huge play? We have to get our plays in, right? I got a big play. What's your play? UCLA minus the sixteen and a half. Might have jumped up to 17. I'd still play it at 17. I'd still play it at 17 and a half. UCLA minus the 16 and a half. I think it's a statement game for UCLA. UCLA minus 16 and a half? I think Moore unleashes this power team and sets the right tone for the new season, dude. I'm telling you. You think that's it? You think that's the play? Yeah. I like it. Inexperienced Virginia team. I'm gonna start once uh, once season starts going up. I'll be giving my uh, my my weekly. Uh, I'll give my sixteen parley. Sixteen. Sixteen parley. That's terrible. What? They're never gonna hit. Six. No. no. Why don't you no, take a hundred dollars? No, no, I'll do a three teamer. Okay, take fifty dollars. Fifty dollars for every six teams. So you put three hundred and whatever. Five files for juice. Say so you spend three hundred some dollars. All you have to do is go four and two, and you're a winner. Yeah, but you want to go six and zero, oh so you can make a couple thousand. Oh yeah, you can kill it. It's not going to happen. Or I'll just spend five dollars and win. No, I'm just that's no. garbage. It's a stupid bet. It always is. It's stupid. You, you can't tell me you don't like throwing a parlay. You know, for I, five I, bucks. I do. I like it. I like it. I smell blowout. UCLA. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. Even with a freshman quarterback, love it. You like it. You like a freshman quarterback. He's got to be that good. You think Moore is just going to throw him out there? What else does he have? He's got somebody. He's probably recruited for the last four years. Are you putting in a freshman out there? Freshman be out be or out or out played everybody I in practice. I think he's already throwing a hail mary. It's garbage. We really get hit for real. You don't like he's, my play? Okay, all right. No. Okay, then play opposite. Take, no. for, take Virginia plus. I'm not 17. saying I don't like your play. I'm just saying that it's a ballsy move. A freshman. Walking into the big stadium, thinking he was probably playing in front of like two hundred people. Now you're gonna play in front of uh, thirty thousand as a freshman. And you're gonna come out here and blow somebody out. I think he is. Hand the ball off and play defense. There you go. There you go. Manage the game. Well, you better run the hell out of a ball if you're forty-two gonna... to ten. A running game blowout. Blowout. <laughs> come blowout. On. Watch. I'm gonna come back out here and just say thank. Everybody say thank you. All right. I like it. I like it. I'm not saying I don't like it. It's it's. It's definitely a play. I like it. It's good. So, what want to get into some stays for some baseball? Uh, yeah, I think we should, but we should probably talk about this Derrick Rose thing a little bit because this is hot and this is coming right off the right off the press. I mean, right this, off this dude. this broke like five minutes before we went on, and uh, this is uh, from TMZ is where where I got it. Where'd you get it? E? TMZ. All right, so. Uh, the headline, Derrick Rose accused of drugging and gang raping ex-girlfriend. That's a pretty that's a pretty huge accusation. Two years ago, though. Yeah, so here, here's the article. Uh, Derrick Rose is being sued by a woman who claims the NBA superstar and two of his friends drugged and gang raped her. Um, the woman, identified only as Jane Doe, says she and Rose dated from 2011 to 2013. 
During that time, Rose allegedly tried to pressure her to masturbate in front of him. Allow him. Oh, here you Oh, Dave, come on! I'm reading the article. This is this is TMZ. I'm not. What's I'm going not on with your hands up. down there? Yeah, God. Um, <laughs> Get him on the table. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. no, but so you get you well, he basically he basically. Yeah. Made her do sexual favors or try to get her to do sexual favors. Yeah, allegedly. she wouldn't. She laughed with her friends. They went back to her house, broke in, and gang raped her with all her all his buddies. Now she's coming out two years later and saying this happened, and she was embarrassed. And it's almost like those Law and Order SVUs I always watch with with uh, Ash. I love those shows. It's like one of those. Yeah, I now love it's Law now Order. right now. All that this is going to be is he said, she said, if there's no evidence. Well, the last, the interesting thing, I'm going to skip through this because you can read the story if you haven't already. By the time this goes on, everybody will have, will have read it. But the most interesting, um, the most interesting sentence is this is the last sentence that says she wants unspecified damages. So that's always. She wants money. Well, you know, and I don't like to blame the victim because, but it just seems. Seems very odd right now. It seems very odd that now you got Patrick Kane's deal, and all of a sudden this one. Uh, you always want to give the victim the benefit of the doubt, but at least in Patrick Kane's case, the victim went right away. I will say this about the story. They were together at some point. For two years. Dating. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The Patrick Kane thing we can get into a little bit too, but that I really don't want to get into too much because who knows what's going to happen with that. I mean, is he... I mean, the longer it goes on, like we talked about, Dave, it's looking good for Patrick Kane. They're just digging for something now. They're looking for... If they had the evidence, he would have been done. Yeah. They have, they have none. Well, yeah, they're, they're trying to build a case. And, and I mean, the, it's it's, it's Seems like, been radio silent, everyone in that situation. So who knows what's going on? Yeah, I think he's I think he's going to be clear. What do you do? Well, do you, do you, what, I think, the, what does the NHL and the Blackhawks do? No, I think I think some something to the effect of like ninety nine percent of people that are accused of this, guys that are accused of this, don't ever see it well, like any jail time or anything. But no. what it does is a if he's if he's innocent, let's just say he's innocent. We don't know that he is. We don't know what, but if he's innocent, at the very least, it's ruined his summer. It's ruined his name. He, he, it's going to be a distraction going into going into preseason and and and. Well, they took him off EA Sports. Yeah, they took him right off the NHL, EA, whatever the new hockey game that's it's, coming out. Which I mean, number one, he hasn't been charged with anything, so I really have a problem with with that. People coming down on him. Um, it's it's tough. It's I have a hard time. I have a hard time with people doing that. Well, we're gonna get to uh, the phone line. We're gonna welcome in Adam Rank. At Adam Rank on Twitter. Adam, thanks for coming on. NFL.com writer. Let's talk some fancy football. Thanks for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'll sit here and, and I'll be like, bro out. Like, we're old friends. Like, I love coming on the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, every time I come on, it's hilarity. We have set, I, I, can't, I can't stay away from you guys. It's, it's so much fun. So thanks for having me. No problem. I'm Eric. That's Dave over there. I'm here. Yeah, he's here. He's just talking, blabbing. Can we? Can we? Uh, let's get to. Let's plug a little some stuff though. Um, you you write for NFL dot com, NFL Fantasy Live, and then you're also on the Dave Damshek football program. Is that right? Uh yes. I used to be. I was a founding member of the DDFP. My schedule 
unfortunately, it's taken me in other directions. But you know what? Dave and I are still pals. I try to go on as much as possible. But I'm trying to stay busy doing a lot of different things. Adam, uh, I'm going to just let you know you're our first ever verified Twitter guest. What? Yeah. God, what do you mean verified? I'm, uh, He's verified. I'm pretty excited. I, 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 uh, that's, that's a huge honor. And, you know, actually, it's a huge responsibility. <laughs> yeah, and, it is. Uh, if, you know, if, if you know anything about me, I, I hate responsibility. And uh, living up to expectations is not my thing. So I will try, though, for you. <laughs> that's awesome. We got some big, big, big time listeners that want to talk or listen to some fantasy football. So can, I'm going to ask you this one. I kind of want to know for myself as well, um, standard, non-PPR league, QBs, what's your take taking them early, taking them mid-round, if there's a Rodgers there, if there's a Luck there, just a standard, normal league, no PPR. What's your take on that? Well, really, the big thing comes down to how much touchdown passes are worth. Because if they're worth four points for a touchdown pass, then it, it kind of neuters the, the quarterback position, doesn't make them quite as valuable. And that allows you the chance to go ahead and sit on a quarterback and not try to draft one too early. You know, um, Ryan Tannehill is a guy that I've been looking at extensively. He was a top seven uh, quarterback last year in most standard leagues. He's looking fantastic in the preseason, and of course, you always want to take the uh, preseason with a grain of salt. But he's uh, he's a great passer. He's got great weapons. He's more athletic than people give him credit for. I'm sure everybody knows by now that he played receiver at Texas A&M. And I really like what this Miami team is doing. As a matter of fact, I know this is probably not the way you want to draft your fantasy team, but I did get my copy of Madden 16, and uh, I've been using the Dolphins. And Jarvis Landry is uh, money. So, sorry about that. I, listen, I'm a lunatic. I do things a little bit offbeat. But, so, if you're in a league where it's like that, then I would wait. And I would look at those other guys, too. You can find great values with guys like Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford. Uh, a lot of people will pass on Tom Brady because of the suspension. But if you're in a league where you get six points for a touchdown pass, well, then you have a commitment to take Andrew Luck or Aaron Rodgers because they're so far ahead of most of the other passers that it just makes a lot of sense to go after them early because they're guys you can count on each and every week. And in my league of record, it's worth six points. And the guys who have great quarterbacks, they beat everybody. I mean, it was it's just the way that, that, that scoring system works. So that's the big thing. Know which one you're going to do and then uh, act accordingly. I'm in a six-point quarterback league. Take it early then. Yeah, so, you want to go early. Yeah, because, dude, I'm telling you, you'll get 34 points every week from those guys. If they're, if those two are not there, should I should I hold off? for one of Well, the- at that point, yeah, you know what? Once those two guys are gone, you're going to start looking at value and say, you know, okay, let's say, let's say if you're at the back end of the first round. Let's say, you know, if you're early in the first round, you probably want to take one of the stud running backs. We'll pick into the big four. Um but on the way back, if you don't get them, you know, if you're out, if those two guys are gone, which in your league I would probably imagine that they would be. But, yeah, but I would start loading up on receivers and make sure I have that position on lockdown. Um, and then, again, you know, there's going to be some good values later on. I mean, Tony Romo's going to be great this year with that Scott Linehan offense. He's going to be throwing the ball an awful lot, especially, you know, what he's going to look back at his running backs, Jerry Randall, um, DeMar- or Darren McFadden. 
be like, you know what? We're not running. We're throwing. And so I expect him and Des Bryant to have monster seasons. What about uh, a guy like Peyton Manning in, in Eric's league, which is a, a, a six-point touchdown for a quarterback? Um, Peyton Manning with a new offensive coordinator, new system, new coach, new everything. Is he even a first-round pick in any fantasy drafts this year? You know, it's I, I, I think too much is made of, of uh, Kubiak's system not being quarterback-friendly because Matt Schaub actually had some very productive years under that system. The one thing that really bothers me is just the way that Peyton Manning finished last year. Like, he just wasn't very good. As a matter of fact, Teddy Bridgewater outscored him every week from weeks 13 through week 17. And even though Teddy Bridgewater didn't even play in the playoffs, he still almost outscored Manning because he was awful once again in the postseason. So I look at that, and a lot of people want to make excuses like, oh, he was hurt. I'm like, look, he's a 40-year-old man. 40-year-old men get hurt for no good reason. You know, like, just think of it. Like, just, just think of the way your dad used to walk, you know. Like, that's what he is. That's, he's, a, he's an elder statesman who's had neck surgery, who's battled injuries. And when I'm picking a quarterback, I really don't want to take a chance on a guy who might or might not have the same zip on the ball that he had before. And plus, you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were the ones who co-wrote that legislation to allow – them to have access to the footballs before the game, but now that the league's going to be clamping down, I'm wondering what it's going to, what the impact on Manning is going to be, because you know that that control freak was out there making sure the balls were probably under deflated or something, because the way with his little noodle arm works, I can't imagine him over inflating <laughs> it. So I, there's a lot of factors that just scream that they're just red flags, and when you're drafting that early, when you're in the first couple of rounds. You want to avoid the red flags. You want to go in there and draft the guy that you know is going to go out and put up huge numbers. And so if you have anybody that you're kind of sketchy about, then I, you know what, pass. And if he tumbles in your drafts and you get him, I remember the year, um, I think it was his first year in Denver where he was drafted. I, I took him in the seventh round and he had a monster season. You know, that kind of stuff happens, but the best thing, the best case scenario with him is just to wait. Yeah, I agree with you totally. Last year, there was a bunch of rookies, wide receivers, a couple running backs that had monster years. Anybody this year, rookie-wise, that we should watch out for? Well, yeah, the last year, the, the, the big draft class was the receivers because there was a lot of great ones, as you, as you mentioned. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., of course, springs to mind. Jarvis Landry, again, was really good. Brandon Cooks. You know, before he got injured, he was the uh, he was leading all the receivers, all the rookie receivers and receptions. So there were Mike Evans was great. So there were a lot of good dudes. And this season, there is going to be a lot of great rookies, but from the running backs. Because if you look at guys like Amir Abdullah, and everybody is falling all over themselves. I know maybe it's because I run around with the fantasy hipsters and all the you know quote unquote experts, and everybody's just patting themselves over the back over Amir Abdullah, but. You know what? This guy is legit. You're in Big Ten country. You know. Like, this guy was amazing last year, and he looks like that missing piece that the Lions have been waiting for for a long time. They never really got it from Reggie Bush, but Abdullah looks like the guy who can deliver the goods, and I like his situation. That He's better than Joyke Bell. There's some other, you know, periphery guys, Theo Riddick. They have another rookie from South Dakota State, and his name escapes me at the moment. But Abdullah uh, looks like the real deal. 
I like TJ Yeldon. Uh, he he hasn't been seen thus far in preseason, and that's all right. That that probably works out in our benefit. Probably allows him to drop a couple of rounds because people haven't seen him; they don't know. But he's somebody who, at the end of the year, could be putting up huge numbers for your fantasy squad. In addition, the one guy though that you got to watch out for is Todd Gurley. I love this guy. He is a tremendous talent, and he's one of those guys. We look at the end of the season. And we'll look at who scored the most points for fantasy running backs, or for, excuse me, fantasy rookie running backs. He's not going to be in that top ten because he's going to miss a few games and everything like that. But if you want to talk about a guy who is going to be winning your fantasy league for you at the end of the season, it's going to be Gurley. He's going to be like Jeremy Hill last year. He's going to be like C.J. Anderson, that guy who comes all, who comes along in the stretch. It really starts to put it to people because he is that talented. If the St. Louis Football Club is smart, they will bring him along slowly. Hopefully the, 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 the rumors of them moving to Los Angeles does not impact them at all. And by the end of the year, Gurley starts putting up 20 points a game and, and you ride him to a fantasy championship. Um, Le'Veon Bell. Um, I got him listed on... On, on my board is like the number one running back to get. I don't know why. Uh, everything I've been reading says that he's pretty consistent. Um, is he a guy that that you that you that you that you use a first round pick for? Absolutely. I mean, he's great. I mean, he really is. He's a solid pick. A lot of people have him as a consensus number one pick in fantasy because he's so good both as a runner and as a receiver out of the backfield. The Steelers score a lot of points. So in all the mock drafts that I'm doing and all the experts and everything that I talk to, everybody's pretty pretty uh, set on Bell either being the number one guy or at least in the top three. And over the last couple of days, though, I've switched that a little bit. I've made Eddie Lacy my number one overall selection. And the reason is, is that with Jordy Nelson out, there is going to be some production that needs to be spread around. Now, I'm not saying that Lacey's going to go out and get 100 receptions like Matt Forte did last year, but if he gets an increase of 10 to 15, maybe even 20 receptions, that's huge. If he gets more touchdown opportunities this year, he had 13 combined last year, that's huge. He was also very good as a receiver out of the backfield. Instead of going to John Kuhn with those little dives, they were throwing little swing passes with Eddie Lacey, and he was turning them into touchdowns. So if he gets that touchdown total up to 15, you know, he gets those receptions up a little bit too, that's enough to me to move him past Bell, who is very good, who's in a great offense. But And also, and we'll be talking about Jordy Nelson's injury, another huge injury of the past weekend that a lot of fantasy enthusiasts are not talking about is Pouncey, the center for the Steelers. Like, losing your center is a huge deal. If you look at what happened last year to Phillip Rivers, he looked lost. Like, he was a veteran quarterback, or he is a veteran quarterback, who looked lost at times, and the reason was because Nick Hardwick went down. And when you lose your center, like, that is the biggest. It, it's probably worse than losing your top receiver because you, you need to have such great chemistry with that center that, especially when the guys are working out of a shotgun at any time, you know? So that's a huge, huge, that's a huge blow for the Steelers. It has me rethinking Bell just a little. I mean, he's still immensely talented. But it also, you know, you look at him, you look at Antonio Brown. A lot of people think of Antonio Brown as a first-round wide receiver. Now, I still think he's in the first round, but 
if somebody else moved past him, it's, a, it's enough because when guys are that close, it just takes the smallest things, you know, to, to make a huge impact. That's right on. That's huge. I, who would yeah. think about that? That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, being Chicago guys, I got I got to ask you, um, is anybody drafting any Chicago Bears this year? Forte. I mean, that's what let, let me ch- chime in real quick, Adam. Um, okay. Forte. Is his numbers going to come down being out of Trestman's offense? You know, they threw the ball to him a ton last year. He, what, he lead the, lead the running backs in receptions and wide receivers? I don't know if he led the wide receivers too. But. He broke the, yeah, he broke, he, he broke the record for yeah. receptions for a running back. So do you, is he going to dip down? I know he's going to be drafted. Jeffrey's going to be drafted. Um, maybe Eddie Royal, Cutler. Forte, though, is, no, he, I, is he worth it? Forte, I mean, I mean, I mean, probably what, second round maybe? Third round? Yeah, you know what he does. He does start slipping a little bit. You know, people just kind of take him for granted. Uh, he's not going to have a hundred receptions. That's just that just you know one of those fantastic years. And Tressman, of course, moves on. But, you know, I got the feeling that Forte really wasn't sold on that offense. I don't really think he liked being a receiver out of the backfield. He's more of a between the tackles type runner. He likes having that. He likes being handed the ball a lot, and it, it comes down to a, a feel thing. I mean, a lot of these guys, and I, you might look at it where, like, well, as long as he's getting the ball, what does it matter? But for running backs, man, they got to have that rhythm. They got to get, you know, they got to get hit a certain way. They got to make, you know, moves, and it, that's just the way they're bred. There's a reason why he started playing running back as a kid, and he didn't play wide receiver. He wants to be handed the ball, and he wants to run past people. So I think this year, I think this is going to be a good offense for him. And I think with him being in a contract year, he's going to have a monster season. I I really do believe that a lot of people are overlooking him. And if he falls to you in the second round, because he's not, he's he's outside of Chicago. He's not really a sexy name. And so, you know what? Use that to your advantage and take him in the second round. Like he is going to be very good. I, I, I have the utmost confidence in him. I'm not worried about him in the least. So I, I feel good about him. I feel good about Alshon Jeffrey. Eddie Royal, you mentioned. Eddie Royal could be one of those surprise guys. You know, Cutler really hasn't had that slot receiver during his time in Chicago. And he, the last time these two played together during Royal's rookie season in Denver, they had a great year. And so I expect tar- or Cutler to target him a lot. I expect him to target Martellus Bennett a lot, too. And if this team, if this defense doesn't come around and they have some issues and they end up getting into a lot of blowouts, well, that means a lot of targets for the receivers. So that means all those guys could see a lot of production and I'll get a lot of chances. And I know Cutler, I know people like to, to rag on Cutler and everything like that, but I think he's going to be very good, too. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be a fantasy quarterback because – the position is very deep. You know, I think there might be ten guys better than him in fantasy. But yeah. for those other guys, there there's some there's some definite value there and you'll find you'll find somebody worthwhile. Plus, if you guys are Chicago guys, can we settle this too? Like what is the like why do people feel like you can just put ketchup on a hot dog and get away with it? What is what are people thinking? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you, what, do you like hot dogs, Adam, or no? Oh, I'm a big hot dog guy. I but I only do it the right way. What do you I only do it the Chicago way. I was I was born in Schaumburg, so listen, I've had portillos in my life, so it's fine. I I think I'm 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 putting a California pronunciation on it. I think, but it's perfect. Um, 
I might be. I always get it. I always, I have that, that accent. So forgive me if I'm getting that wrong, but I love it, the yeah, Chicago we, we, Anytime. We call, anytime yeah. I'm in Chicago. Portillo's is on. Yeah. Um, what, so you're born in Schaumburg, huh? Schaumburg. I lived there for four years before, uh, my dad said, you know what? Uh, we're not going to live in the snow anymore. All right. So we got Adam rank at Adam rank on Twitter. Uh, AdamRink.com, NFL.com, backslash Adam Rink. Um, I want to get some plugs in. I see you do some stand-up. Are you, you have any you have any uh, gigs coming up? Yeah, I do have a gig coming up in October. Oh, it's gonna be oh, you know, it's gonna be a pretty cool event. Uh, we're raising money uh, for Alzheimer's awareness. I will have more information for that on my Twitter page, on my Facebook page as we get closer. Uh, so I'll be doing that during the, during the season though. It's not, I don't do as many regular, uh, scheduled shows. Like I don't really have anything booked, but, uh, I do show up at the, uh, area comedy clubs around and, uh, just go out there and, you know, chat, chat with people for a few minutes and kind of have a little bit of fun. But once the off season hits that's when I really start, really start. That's what I need. You know, that's what I need to do. I need to go to the improv in Schaumburg. You do. Again. I have a, have a have a little bit of a homecoming. We'll go. We'll shed some tears. I'll make fun of you know Herman Edwards a little bit more, and then uh, it'll be a good night. Can you can you do some Herm for us right now? You know I don't want. But, but here's the thing. I don't like calling out. I can't do it. I would. We'll do it the next time. I uh, I, I got to be in the. I got to be in the right mind frame. All right. For no it. Problem. And you, and, you know, and I got to be careful too because I don't want to get sued. But, yeah. but no, that's, <laughs> you got to be you got to be in the mind frame is what I'm thinking. No problem, Adam. Adam, thank you so much for coming on. Our guests are going to love all you the fantasy football knowledge you brought and and all that. Uh, can't thank you enough, Adam. Have a good night, buddy. Hey, the pleasure was all mine. Don't be strangers. Don't don't make this a one and done. We're but, not. Uh, we're not. I will. I will hunt down Mike Jacobson. <laughs> <laughs> I will give them the what for. The jackal. We don't do this again. No problem. We appreciate it, Adam. My pleasure. Anytime. All right. Thanks. All right, buddy. Take care. Yeah. Man, I, I, my fantasy football team is going to be loaded. I'm glad I'm not in your league because I know you're going to take. I know you're going to take all of his advice. Oh yeah, big time. I know you are. Oh, a couple play, couple people. Yeah, I saw you got like a, no, a whole page full of notes. Big time notes. <laughs> You're all over it. Brian Weber, stop reading into what Adam Rank said. Well, you told me to not post the show till after your draft is what you told me before <laughs> they, the show. They, yeah, we better. They're, no, I'm, I'm in my dad's, my dad's fantasy. Yeah? No. You got to uh, take it easy no, on the old man. No friends won this year. No? No, I'm in the big one with the pops. Yeah? And all his buddies. Yeah. Is there any uh, quiche rolling on that? Big time quiche. Yeah. Big time quiche. I won it last year. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That was. That's Come right. On, yeah. Dude. That's right. That's right. I won that big boy last you year. Yeah. My team was loaded. What was your team? Give me some players. I had Brady Gronk, Jordy Nelson, uh, Mike Evans. <laughs> who, else, who else you got? Who else? <laughs> And I picked up a ton of running backs. I had like C.J. Anderson from Denver. That yeah, was a stud. I'm gonna play this after every one of your picks in your draft. You're gonna hear it. <laughs> Actually, I traded for Breeze because Brady started off bad. Yeah. So then I had Brady and Breeze on the team. Brady and Breeze? Because Br- Brady started off bad. Yeah. So I needed a quarterback. 
because I have a six. My my our league is six points for a quarterback. Yeah, I'm in a four pointer. So him, I agree with him. If a guy like Rodgers or Luck's there, and you got the first two picks or five picks, and he's still there, you got to take him. Yeah, I, I I'm in a league that's a four point for a quarterback throwing a touchdown, and it's uh, a non PPR. So if you if you get a hundred points in that league, it's a big week. Yeah. All right. So that's that's uh, that's pretty. How is it? Pretty insane. Good, nice league. Yeah, it's fun. I it's fun because we do it through and 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 these guys don't sponsor us. Although if they wanted to, I would be cool with it. So we do it through CBS, and CBS Sports is cool because they have a really nice uh, trash talk. Like it's almost like a Facebook wall for the league. CBS Sports Line. Yeah, so yeah, that's what we do ours on. Yeah, so you can post you can post stuff on there like memes and stuff, and it goes to everybody in the league's email. So you get an email that they posted something, and then you open it up, and it's me shit talking you. Yeah, no, I, I in front of everybody in the league. I love it. You, yeah, you, I'm the you biggest, are one of those, dude. I'm the biggest trash talker. That's, a, that's ridiculous. What do you mean? Just ridiculous? win, baby. What do you mean ridiculous? I wanted Adam Rank if, to. I wanted Adam Rank to do some uh, her my words, yeah, dude. Dude, if I'm playing you in fantasy football this week, you're gonna hear about it all week. You're gonna hear about how I'm just gonna destroy you. I'll spank you. Me. My two buddies, Derek, you stole me a pizza. My my two buddies, Derek Rose and uh, Patrick Kane, are going to come over this what Sunday. About Cosby, uh, Cosby, <laughs> Cosby's we're getting, good. We're getting way we're getting way out of control with Cosby, Derek Rose. Let's get back to the Bears. Talk some football. Welcome him, Adam Johns from the Sun Times. Adam, are we? Uh, can we veer back to football after this conversation we just had? What do you mean? There's Ray McDonald news to add to all of this. We guys talked about I, it a little bit. It's it's unbelievable. What, a, what, a, what an unprecedented era in Chicago sports, really, fellas. It's it's it's. I was driving, and the Derrick Rose story came out, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And then I saw the Ray McDonald thing on tw- on Twitter, and, and then the Patrick Kane things going on still. And we had a guest on earlier. You know, with Shea Pepler from 120 Sports, and she was like, "What's going on in Chicago?" It, it's it's so. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. Like I know it's a new era of of media, right? Everything is social. You got Twitter, you got Facebook, you got Instagram, you got all these new forms of media. You know, everybody's got a camera on them now too. All all this. These these new forms of journalism, you know, where, where everybody, I don't want to say everybody's a journalist, but there's different ways to get news, you know, because everybody's got camera phones and stuff like that. Everybody can record things. It's such a, a different era, but um, this the, the, these stories, you know, they're, they're troubling. You know, it's, it's tough to comment on them. You know, Ray McDonald, he, he's been charged. Um, uh, these are two things. He's been now charged with, with rape, I believe. Now um, he's, he's already facing charges um, for the, the the other incident. So uh, obviously he has his problems that has to be sorted off, sorted out. Is the Bears do the right thing releasing him? But as far as the other situations, just just, just wow. You know, there's just so much information to gather. Still, even the Patrick case, Patrick Kane thing, which has been out for a while, it's just. But what, what a new, what, what a it's a it's a different era in Chicago sports. I, I will say that. I. I think uh, when you talk about the media reporting on things like this, and I don't want to get too much into this because we've got a lot of bears to talk about, but um, is it is it now, because you, you're, you're in the media, is it now a thing to be the first to break the story as opposed to actually checking sources? Like, 
the Patrick Kane deal. I mean, did that did that come out maybe too soon? I mean, the guy hasn't been charged with anything. You know what? You always want to vet your sources before you report anything like that. And the Buffalo News, I mean, that's a credible organization. I mean, they obviously they they knew what their leads were going for. They knew this was going to be a story, and they produced some pretty good coverage um, since then. Uh, you always want to be first in every story, but I get what you're saying. The the idea of being accurate instead of being first that that's very important. It's crucial to, to what we do. You, you want to be, it's better to be accurate than wrong, right? You, you don't want to be first and wrong, right. which, which has happened to uh, many of us in the media. You know, you report something new, you don't, you, you don't have all the information and you make yourself look bad and you got all sorts of issues on your hands. So, I, I guess you're getting that. I don't think the, the Patrick Kane stuff came out premature. Um, I think the Buffalo News had some pretty good leads there because, again, that's a credible organization. Um, and they do their due diligence and all of these things. So um, usually there's checks and balances in how reporting is done, and I'm sure, pretty sure they went through all of them to have that stuff printed, whether online or in print. Yeah, fair, fair enough, fair enough. So Kevin White had successful uh, shin surgery? <laughs> I tell you what, the first surgery that goes unsuccessfully for any athlete, that's breaking news because every athlete has <laughs> successful surgery, though something you know wrong happens down the road. But, you know, I don't quite You never know anymore, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, teams are protective with their stuff. and uh, I get what you're saying, but what a... What a loss before we even knew what the, what the Bears had there in Kevin White. So just a crazy year, or just a crazy preseason, not even a preseason, a crazy um, training camp for the, these wide receivers for the Bears. First Kevin White, then Alshon Jeffrey, then Marquise Wilson. Now Eddie Royal is sidelined with a hip. I mean, Jake Cutler has no receivers. Well, He's going to be throwing to Josh Bellamy, Mark Mariani, and Rashad Lawrence against the Cincinnati Bengals in their third preseason game. Well, I mean, Kyle Long's been playing up and down the line all preseason. Will we see him go out for any uh, passing routes this, uh, <laughs> this year? Yeah, I tell you what, we were in Indy, and he was standing in the goal line. This is just a picture of how good of an athlete he is. And I honestly think he's the best athlete on the Bears roster, which some people will debate me to no end about. But I think he's that talented. So he's standing in the in, in the end zone, right? He's just in there, just you know, just a step in it. And he launches a pass. He's a lefty. And it reaches 53 yards. Um, I, don't, I don't want to call it a rope, but there wasn't much loss to it. I mean, it was an impressive throw for... You know, a, a behemoth of a man who is getting his paychecks for, for blocking. I mean, this guy is a special athlete. So, yeah, you know, they're going to try anything and everything to find their receivers. I, I know we're joking here, but um, Kyle Long, is that was kind of a highlight in the indie game. All right, two-parter here, Adam. With a how that Pace-Fox thing went down with Kevin White, the credibility issue about lying. I know the media. Some some of the guys, like you know, your buddy Mark Potash had a, had an article how they lost credibility. How do you feel um, as a journalist and you know as a writer in the Sun Times? Do you, do you do you think they lost a little credibility? Yeah, this is where I stand on this. Look, NFL teams they're never going to be forthright or, or or you know give you give you every ounce of details about the injuries. They're they're not going to do that. They're going to be vague. They maybe even lie a little, a little bit, you know, a few white lies in there. I don't expect it to be 
the the one hundred percent truth from NFL coaches when speaking of injuries. They will be as vague as they can be, and then the NFL rules permit them to be that. So I'm not surprised that they were vague with the whole situation. Look, the kid had a setback. That's what happens. I think what what really got underneath the, the skin of my colleagues, especially Mark, was the day before they announced the surgery was going to happen. Kevin White spoke at a promotional event in downtown Chicago for some merchandising things he, he has going on. And he told reporters there, including Mark Potash, that he was fine, that if it was up to him, he'd be on the field tomorrow or, or yesterday. He was feeling that good. That the coaches were just being overly cautious with him and didn't want to risk further injury, but that him himself felt good enough to go full participation. A day later, not even less than 24 hours later, Brian Pace is stepping up to the media saying that Kevin White has a stress fracture, a left shin, and a required surgery. So I think for those reporters, like Mark and other ones who went to that thing in downtown Chicago, they were completely caught off guard, you know. And for a reporter, it's the last thing you want to do. I mean, he had a story in that paper that day where Ryan Pace was talking about the surgery. In that paper that day, Mark had a story about Kevin White saying that he feels good. So... Um, that's what you don't want to be as a reporter, but, you know, it's a learning experience for Kevin White, too. I'm sure he was nervous in the whole situation and, and all that. You know, he's a rookie, doesn't know how to handle the media. Now, that Chicago media can be pretty, can pretty, uh, you get in your face, for, for lack of a better word. So, um, look, it's been an interesting preseason dealing with all this, and the Kevin White situation stands out, but, I mean, it's, it's how I see things. So, um, so going back to the injuries, I mean, you pointed out a lot of wide wide receiver injuries. So, what uh, what do you feel like the move's going to be? Are they going to pick somebody up off the street? Do they do they what where where do they go from here? You know, there's like another former free agency that's going to happen here over the next couple of weeks. You know, so we have all these teams they start whittling down their rosters. They got to go to ninety to seventy five and seventy five to fifty three matter of like 10 days or something like that here. So there's going to be new street free agents, as they call them, out there to, to be picked up. And it's where the, these advanced scouts have to be, and these, uh, these, these scouts that the Bears employ, they have to be at these preseason games and trying to identify players that have potential, not only to be released by these teams, but have the potential to have some impact on your own team. So you could be seeing some um, signings coming up by the Bears and some roster moves. Ryan Pace has been pretty... Um, but he, he stood pat and on his offseason moves so far. He hasn't really done a lot of roster shopping, especially compared to Phil Emery. But there's a whole other former free agency coming. Do I feel like Wolf Walker coming? You know, was, was Reggie Wayne in the mix? You know, I know he signed with the New England Patriots. I don't think so. This is a team that has to get younger. Look, they're going to try to win this year. Of course, every team wants to try to win, but this is a team that needs to find youth in. You can find that in some street free agents, especially some undrafted guys that don't make some of these squads around the league. How was camp, Adam? Uh, Fox run it differently, I'm sure, a lot differently than Trustman, right? You know, the, the biggest difference for me, fellas, is the last couple of years I've been able to stay on campus, you know, going back to the dorms. and It's like good old days. Like you're, you're in college again. You're hanging out with your buddies in, in the hallway. You know, you're going out and like, you're coming back. It's just like... You're back at school, so it, you know, there's a lot of fun times. You work hard. I mean, you're not done working until like 8 p.m. You go out to dinner, you know, you get a few drinks, come back home, you have a great old time, just like you're back at school. So so this year, Brian Pace's staff and John Fox's staff have, have expanded so much. They have so many different philosophies that they brought nearly everybody from Hallis Hall down to Bourbon A. So the media 
get kicked off campus. Not because John Fox didn't want us on there, I should say that, but because they had so many people down there. And Ryan Page had every single scout on his staff down there because he wanted to thoroughly evaluate his roster. So the media, we get kicked off campus. We're, we're, we're banished to hotels around Bourbonnais. So there's a little different of a feel for me. It wasn't going back and, you know, living the good old days like I was a college boy again, like, like I wanted to. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's a whole new coach to win over, man. It's, it's a whole new, um, you know, the, John Fox has to win over, you know, new fans. I mean, the crowds were very un- unimpressive. Um, it, it's a whole new world under John Fox. I mean, there, there was music blasting throughout camp, you know, rap music, you know, country music, some old classic rock. Um, he had that, that going, but, but I'll say this, it's a different vibe and, and some of the players have picked up on it. The biggest difference beside the field is what you guys want to talk about. Forget about me bemoaning my situation, not being in the dorm. <laughs> it, it was a, <laughs> it was a more physical training camp compared to Mark Trestman's. I mean, there was more hitting on like one day compared to the 13 days that Mark Trestman had camped down there. So, I mean, it was, the, it's, it's a change of tone. It's, it's a change of demeanor, and John Fox wants to bring the old football qualities back to this team. That's 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 cool. I mean, you said it's a different field. Do you think it's a, a better field? Do you think uh, do you get the feel um, the camaraderie between the players? Is it, do, do you think it's going to be a tighter team this year than it was last year? Oh yeah, I think John Fox brings that just in general. That, that's his. That's what he's been known for is being this personal players' coach. Where everybody's into his philosophies. And I tell you what, they're doing it. I mean, these veterans, they responded to him. They enjoyed the freedoms that he's given them. I mean, the Mark Trestman camps used to run late into the night. We're talking about like 10 p.m. full meetings. They're well done before that. You know, you're wondering, like, well, these guys should be cramming and getting, you know, you know, better at the football, football and stuff like that. Look, you know, we're all human here. These guys aren't robots. You know, they're up at 6 in the morning. You know, keeping them up at 10 p.m. is not exactly good for anybody, right? You need to get their own rest. These are big human beings that play a physical sport, and, and their mind tends to wander, right? These are professional athletes we're, we're talking about here. So um, just this whole philosophy, whether it's instructions in, in, in the, the meeting rooms and, and how he teaches there or how he's, you know, at events like movie nights, you know, and stuff like that to bring his team together. Um, it, it's really changed the complexion of the, again, the demeanor and the mentality of this football team. Who, who, who's the, uh, the locker room leader? Who, who do you think? Is it Long? Is Long the locker room leader yet? Yeah, he'll, he'll tell you it's Matt Swanson. And Matt Swanson is one of them. But I think Kyle Long... And this is going to be his team. This is a guy who's going to be the face of the franchise. I know we're joking around about his pregame athletic abilities. You know, he's working out there pregame against the Colts. He's throwing 53-yard passes. But I mean, this is one of the best interior offensive linemen in the league. And I know there's a lot of buzz about him moving out to tackle, but who are you going to replace him with is his quality in the middle. He's that darn good at his job. Um, and he's got the, the, the demeanor and the approach for, for being a leader. He's got the personality. You know, he's allowed. He's not afraid to mix it up. With anybody, I mean, just for, for one example, the last day of practice was one of the most intense, probably the most intense practice uh, of the entire Bourbon A experience for the Bears. Jeremiah Ratliff just wanted to, to you know, get after and, you know, have fight Senator Will Montgomery. Those are your two starters that, you know, long tried to, to make amends between of them. You know, Will Montgomery was, you know, being uh, a little dirty, a little tricky, a little... You know, a little feisty in the trenches with, with a with a veteran in Jeremiah Ratliff who is 
got to quite, quite the fiery, uh, you know, motor himself. And Kyle Long was in there to separate all that. I mean, Kyle Long got in a fight with Travis Jenkins earlier in camp. I mean, Kyle Long, look, he doesn't want to say it. Uh, I've talked to him about this, but he has stated his case in so many other different ways that this could be his football team. And I think that's what it's going to be. He's going to be the new face of the franchise. So then the million-dollar question, does he, uh, do he, does he and Jay Cutler, do they get along? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they definitely. They, he's always been a J guy. Yeah. Once it was uh, announced um, that the Bears would be sticking with Jake Cutler for this year, I mean, he took to social media right away, posted a picture of him and Cuddy, uh, of course, you know, because he stood by him from day one. I mean, Jake Cutler was, was one of the first guys that Kyle Long not only talked to, like on the phone or through text messages, when he was asked about the, one of the first guys he actually met when he walked in the building. Jake Cutler made sure to be there to meet Kyle Long. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're tight. They're boys. So he, he's full on board with whatever, whatever Cutler tends to do and how he leads. Didn't they build big wheels? <laughs> yeah, they built them together, and Kyle Long couldn't finish his, but Cutler, you know, was able to, he's a Vanderbilt grad guy, so was able to put his together quite easily, and, you know, Kyle Long has to borrow Jake Cutler's, and, you know, Jake Cutler was left taking golf carts around campus, but Kyle Long um, had his big wheel to uh, kind of roam Bourbonnet. That's awesome. That's that is awesome. So Eddie Goldman takes the place of Ratliff, correct? Right, right, right. How's Ratliff he? How, three games. Yeah, how's he? Uh, how's he looking? Uh, this this kid, uh, you know, you don't want to get too ahead of yourself because you know he is a rookie. There's only been two preseason games, but guy, this guy is a, is a force of nature. He is out. I mean, he's built like a Vince Wolf, Wolfork, and, I, and that's a bad comparison because we're talking about potential all-famer, right? Um, this guy is, I mean, he's got a motor to him. He's got some strength to him. He's got some base to him. You know what I mean? He's got some thick legs that, that really prevent offensive lines from moving him. I mean, he's got some quickness where he's got some surprising pass rush ability. I think he's shown that um, in the two practices against the Colts in Indy and against, in the game against the Colts. He's you know, this guy's not only going to be a contributor, but maybe even make a major impact this year. Look, I don't want to get too out of myself. I know I am on record for, for sort of glorifying this kid right now, but, for, I mean, the kids look good. That's all I should say. Yeah, I, I, I like him. I mean, like you said, he's stout. He, he looks like he's hungry. Um, you can kind of tell who's not hungry, who's hungry. And he, you know, just seeing the little clips of him, I'm sure he's really hungry, though. I mean, Jeremy Langford looks starving. I love Langford. What? Yeah, can we talk about Langford? Yeah, you know it. He um, talk about a, a, some breakaway ability again. Another good pick. You, you don't want to again. You, you you always side with caution when heaping praise on rookies because I think it was John Bostic's first preseason game two years ago against Carolina Panthers. He had like a fifty-one yard interception return off Cam Newton. And he had a big hit on that game too. And everybody's like, okay, this kid's going to be the next great Bears linebacker. Now look at him. I think he's in on he's on the bubble. To be honest with you, you know the fiftieth overall pick. Still with some injuries, he's fighting for a roster spot. So a lot of things can happen. But Jeremy Langford for this season is such a nice compliment to Matt Forte and Jay Cutler said it today at Hallisaw that he thinks this is the deepest running back core or group that he's had in seven years here. Wow, that's that's. That's a lot. There seems to be a lot of deep positions. Linebacker is another one. Um, real quick, I want to get this plug in. We're with Adam Johns, J A H N S 
Adam John at Adam Johns on Twitter. Read him in the Sun Times. Following the Chicago Bears, he's got the best info out of everyone. The best. Um, going into uh, this this game three, Cincinnati uh, um, against against the Bengals. Do you? Um, this is typically the game that you're going to see the most. This is like the precursor to the to the to the regular season, right? So, what positions right. are we looking for? This what what where where are we looking? At linebacker, running back. What what positions do you think we should be paying attention to the most? Well, here's the thing: like the entire defense is virtually intact, but Jeremiah Ratliff. So Ratliff will probably play a little bit just to keep his his health up because this guy is not going to be playing um, anytime soon after this game. But you want you do want to watch Eddie Goldman and how he handles his first team reps. Um, you want to look at cornerback. See if Kyle Fuller can make up for for his rather poor performance against the Colts. Um, he, he hasn't been the the lockdown shutdown corner that the Bears have been, like John Fox and Vic Fangio had envisioned when they first took over this team. He has had um, an up and down preseason, to say the least. Um, looking for more strong performances from you know some other guys that have been good this preseason. Shane McClellan, Christian Jones, Pernell McPhee, even Jared Allen have all flashed. Uh, plenty in big fans, U.S. 340 defense. But the offense, you know, they are doing more game planning. This is their final dress rehearsal. But they're missing their four top receivers. Um, their offensive line is in flux. I don't think Jermon Bushrod's back is 100% right now. They're still trying to figure out who your right tackle is. So um, I have more concerns. You know, you would think with all the re- players returning on offense that they'd be a strength of, of this team. But right now, the defense is the one making the, the quicker progressions under the new coaching staff, and it's um, with all the injuries in offense, it's become quite problematic. So, the best scenario for anything on Saturday is that no further injuries happen to this football team. Yeah, they don't need that. All right, we're gonna let you go with this. I know you said I believe six or seven wins. Are you sticking to it? You know what? This injury situation has really been uh, worrisome. I think they're better than than a five eleven team. I mean, to me, it's about them barely. You don't fire Mark Tressman and replace him with John Fox and hope for five wins. I mean, you expect the turnaround that John Fox usually brings to his team. So, I think John Fox alone, in terms of what he's changing in his culture uh, at Hallisaw or Riverdale or wherever, it's good enough for a two game improvement. Maybe three games, so I'm, I'm looking at seven and nine That's awesome. Um, I'm hoping you you think you think an eight and eight would be possible, though. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what? Though, I mean, look, look when the schedule comes out or when it first came out. You look at the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, that's gonna be a tough one. But now look at them; they're a mess. You look at the Packers. You know, they're gonna be really damn good. But oh, they lost their best receiver, Jordy Nelson. Look, I know they got Devontae Adams coming up, right? That's the name, Devontae Parker. There's two of them that are very good, two young players. Um, but they have, Jordy Nelson is still a Pro Bowl player. The, the other guy is unproven. He's the second-year receiver. Um, so injuries happen. I mean, the the, the NFL is so unpredictable, right? Yeah. Any, anything can happen. And I don't think this this roster, this Bears roster, is, is as void as of talent as some people make it out to be. I think they're a more competitive team than some people want to think they are, and I think they're better than a 5-11 and 11 team. All right, it's Adam Johns. Catch him at the Sun-Times. See him making fun of uh, the Catman on Sports Talk Live and Little Potash. Yeah, 
I know. You're all you've been what are you once a week now on there? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there every Monday after every Bears game. Oh, that's gonna be interesting. He's gonna go off on Cutler. Who knows what he's gonna go off on? <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a few of those, I'm sure. I'll have to talk him back off the ledge. <laughs> yeah. All right, Adam. Thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate you taking some time for us. All right, good one. All right, take thanks. Bye. Wow, man, the Bears. This is a big. This is a big show back. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, Adam Rink, Adam Johns. We need one more Adam. We got like the trifecta with Adam. Who? I don't know. There's a lot of. You got? I don't. I don't have. I don't know any Adams. Adam. Oh, Adam Hogue. Oh yeah, yeah. We gotta get him. Let's just talk to our, let's a, just talk to our producer Mike Jacobson. Well, Sam, Sam <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Sam Maniscalco is going to be calling him. We could just we could just call him Adam. Yeah. Let's like let's see if he notices. Yeah. Let, yeah. We're just gonna you know we're just let's bring in let's bring in Adam. We're gonna call you Adam Maniscalco tonight. You know why? Why is that? Because every per- good person we've had on tonight's been Adam. So we said we need oh, a, wow. we need a third Adam. Well, then we had Shea. Every good guy that's been on, we, we had Shea. Well, we had Shea Pepler. Yeah, yeah. But we want to keep. Well, let's welcome in Sammy Mascoco at Sammy Mascoco on Twitter. Orange and blue news, Sammy. What's going on, fellas? Hey, hey Sam. Uh, or, orange and blue news, right? Yeah, orangeandblue.com, baby. All right, basketball columnist. Trying to plug, trying to plug it. Trying to plug it. A lot of stuff it. going on with Illinois basketball too. A lot of stuff going on. All right, well, let's talk about that. Th- throw us, throw us a nugget right away. Well, um, <clears throat> recently um, Illinois just got back from their European tour, um, and I don't know if anybody's heard, but Darius Paul, who was a transfer, who was originally at Illinois two years ago, um, and got dismissed, um, was back this last season after transferring for a year um, and he got in some trouble over in Europe, don't know the exact details on it, um, but he has been dismissed from the team officially um, as of earlier in the week so um, Tracy Abrams was going down about a month six weeks six weeks ago and then Darius, losing Darius Paul now who in my opinion was really their only post threat um, very very talented uh, kid too, so that's, that's a tough pill to swallow for gross stuff uh, Heading into the season, so um, a lot of moving parts with Illinois uh, as far as what their 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 roster is going to be, um, you know, come come October, November. So um, it'll be interesting. Uh, I got a joke for you, Sam. I don't know if you heard this one. I don't know if you heard this today or not. Uh, Bill Cosby, Patrick Kane, and Derrick Rose walk into a bar. I don't have a punchline yet, but I'm going to work on it. Did you, you hear heard? the news? Have you heard? I have. Yeah. What's going on? Every every guest. I don't we, know. I every, mean, every who guess, knows? I mean, go ahead. It's tough to speculate on it because nobody knows any details or whatnot. But um, yeah, all I know is just, it's a bad rap for Chicago sports as far as that goes. You know, um, any pub is, no. is publicity, but I mean that's bad publicity. I mean, obviously stuff went on with, with Kane and um, a few weeks back, um, and then I, I was popped on Twitter earlier this evening and, and saw the Derrick Rose news too. So. Um, haven't really looked into that too much yet, but um, anytime your name's attached to, to those kind of words, uh, especially involving a female, it's it's, it's no good. So yeah, um, we had we had we'll a, see how that unravels. Yeah, we were talking to all. I mean, all of our guests um, since we're you know based out of Chicago, it's just bad, just bad news. You know, I was on the way to Dave's and it, can't, it popped up, and I'm like, what's going on? You know, but we let's switch some gears. Let's go to some better stuff. Uh, 
Bulls offseason. Jimmy Butler comes out and says he wants to play point guard. What's your take on that? Um, one, he can't do it. Um, two, I'm sure he meant it in the capacity of, listen, I think I can play some point. You know what I mean? I can um, maybe play the position a little bit. I mean, my take on it is nothing really. I mean, as far as just, he's just, just making a comment. Somebody, I'm sure, asked a question. He's making a comment about it. Um, but I do think, you know, I, I do think there's some Jimmy Butler, Derrick Rose kind of riff there. Um, I don't know if Butler's comments have anything to do with that, but even without the comments, I just think heading into the season, after the year Jimmy Butler had last year, um, and Rose being in and out last year and, and getting back to his normal self, and then coming out of the playoffs, having some big games, and Jimmy being so consistent throughout the year, um, you know, it, it, it's who's, 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 the, who's the, the top guy in that team? Who's the go-to guy? Who's the the leader as far as, you know, who wants the ball down the stretch. But obviously they both do, but um, th- there's going to be some friction there. I think there was a little bit last year, you know, and I think there were instances in the playoffs last year where Rose kind of backed off and said, hey, um, you had, you're you the man now. You go ahead and do this. Let's see what you can do. Um, and kind of put Jimmy Butler out there on an island by himself in a sense. So uh, <laughs> pay attention to that. I mean, the Bulls offseason um, – Obviously, the biggest addition is Hoiberg and, and Thibodeau gone. That's, that's a huge change that everybody knows about. And um, <clears throat> I'm interested to see what kind of brand of basketball he implements and what kind of culture he puts in uh, with the Bulls. Um, but that, that Jimmy Butler, Derrick Rose situation, there, there's going to be friction there, I think. Um, and it's just a matter of when it kind of rears its head. Um, and now, like you said, throwing this Derrick Rose story and whatnot, it's just, I don't know, Bulls are in a tough spot. Um, I think the, 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 the most positive news you know, of the offseason was obviously bringing in Hoiberg um, and, and their draft with Portis. But um, other than that, this, 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 this newest Derek Rose stuff isn't good. Still a player away, Sammy. Still a player away in my book. Yeah, but. I agree. I think they're, I mean, they're, 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 they're the next best team in the East besides LeBron. I mean, the Cavs are loaded. Um, you know, I looked into the roster the other day after kind of three years, he has really settled down. I mean, they are deep. Um, Barring any injuries, I don't see how they don't. I mean, I don't see how they don't win it next year in the Cavs. No, um, I'm, I'm with you. I totally. I mean, they're so deep. I mean, I forgot about guys like Richard Jefferson, now J.R. Smith's back, and um, I mean, Joe Vadova is going to be a, a third point guard role, and he'll probably play ten or twelve minutes a game. And I mean, it's just, it's just they're so deep. They got so many guys. I mean, Tristan Thompson is going to be. I mean, what's he going to be during the? I mean, he'll be a great player in the regular season. And we'll probably end games with him, especially come playoff time. Um, I mean, Mazagov, I mean, they are loaded. Mo Williams off the bench. Um, I think they got the perfect fit of guys, um, you know, around LeBron. You know, I think they finally got a bench now that can score some points. Um, J.R. Smith now is going to be in a role where, you know, he can catch and shoot, get some rebounds and stuff. He's not going to be forced to make plays off the bounce and create for others as he was in the finals. Guys like Shumpert aren't going to be as exposed. They're going to fit in the role. There'll be fifth and six options. Um, so barring any injuries, um, I don't see how how and LeBron not taking a step backwards. I don't see how they don't win it next year. So is it them and Golden State again, or who who's going to challenge? No, I don't them? think Golden State's going. I mean, they're going to be really good, but OKC is OKC is really good. Yeah, I mean they're 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 Westbrook. The thing with OKC to watch is um, one they got a new coach, which I think is good. They need to, they need to change it, uh, change his face as well with with. Uh, Scott Brooks, he was good, but I think he got stale there, just like we talked about with Tibbs. You know, he didn't win. Um, Durant's coming off an injury, so he's going to come back, you know, refreshed, uh, ready to go, and we know what he can do. I mean, he's 30 a night. 
Um, and then look at, I mean, Westbrook, at the second half of the year was, I mean, that was incredible. He was touring. He almost averaged a triple bubble. So um, the thing to watch with them, again, is who's the man there, too, you know? And that's been the question with them for the last five years, to be honest. You know, I mean, does Westbrook take a backseat to Durant, or does Durant take a backseat to Westbrook? Because Westbrook's got that alpha dog personality. Um, but Durant's arguably the second best player in the league, you know? So, um that West is loaded, man, I'll tell you. I mean, I like the Spurs, too, with the addition of Aldridge, but I don't like it as much as everybody. You know, everybody's kind of handing the West over to them now. Um, and I don't think that's that's right. Um, I think they're going to be right there. But the, it, adding Aldridge doesn't make Duncan, Parker, or Ginobili a year any younger than they are. As a matter of fact, they got a year older. You know what I'm saying? So um, they're going to be right there, one, because of Popovich and their system and their culture, and they've won before. But I think that the key to, to San Antonio is, is one guy. It comes. I mean, Duncan can do what Duncan does. Ginobili can do what Ginobili does. You know, the addition of, of Aldridge, he's going to help a ton. But it all comes down to Tony Parker. If Tony Parker's on an all-star level, they're going to be really, really tough to beat. Um, but if he's not on an all-star level and he doesn't stay healthy, I don't think they can they can come out of the West. Um, then you got the Clippers. I mean, talk about another team that's loaded and deep. I mean, Lance Stevenson, Paul Pierce, got a closer. Um, DeAndre Jordan, all that drama that went on, he's back now. I think he was a key. You know, if they had to lose, lost him, I, I thought they, they kind of took themselves out of, of being contrite contenders. Um, but then getting him back, um, I think they're right there, too. So, I mean, the West is loaded. It's going to be a fun year, though. Let's put it that way. It's going to be really fun. But I think the East is locked up, barring any injuries. How do you see the DeMarcus Cousins, George Carlton playing out? You know what? I, I, I mean, obviously, Cousins has been a guy that's been quoted as being a little immature, um, you know, kind of a whiner and whatnot. And I don't know. I don't really understand that hire, to be honest with you. Um, and no disrespect to George Carl, because um, he's, I mean, his resume speaks for itself. But he's older. Um, you know, he hasn't won a championship yet. He's been there with the Sonics. He's had some good years with the Nuggets. Um, but I don't know. I'm not sure about that hire. And like you said, with the personality of DeMarcus Cousins in, in First of all, he is uh, extremely talented. I mean, he is, he's a rare breed. I mean, he's a guy in the league that, and he dribbles the ball up the floor. So you see highlights of him on SportsCenter where he's, he's getting a rebound and busting out himself and making plays for others um, at, at seven feet, you know. And he's so strong. He's one of your you know, last you know, few kind of, he's a back-to-the-basket guy. Now, he's got a little bit of a face-up game now, too, but he's, he's, a, he's a kind of a throwback back-to-the-basket guy as well, so. Um, but but to, to your point, you know that relationship. That I don't know how that plays out. Um, I'm sure Cousins has grown up a little bit, but uh, they certainly got off on the wrong foot. Um, and Cousins certainly is is not a guy to shy away from opening his mouth in the locker room or opening his mouth to the media, um, speaking you know freely and, and free of mind. So um, that'll be interesting. I mean, they're not going to win anything, but that's what, I just don't understand the hire. To be honest with you guys, I really don't. Uh, going back to the Bulls, uh, are we going to see du- Dougie McBuckets take get any serious playing time this year? I mean, if he, no, assuming he's absolutely. healthy, yeah. I think that's one of the big changes you'll see. You'll see these young guys now, the Tony Snell, you know, McDermott, Portis will get some tick. You'll see these young guys now get a chance. They'll get an opportunity. Um, and I mean, McDermott's got a unique skill skill set. I mean, he's not going to go out there and, and score twenty five a night, um, but he's a guy that can put the ball in the basket. He's got a quick release. Um, if he can get a way to, you know, find a way to find his niche and maybe, you know, hide him a little bit defensively. Um, I mean, he's, he can, I mean, look what Corver does. I and mean, he's not the shooter Corver is. Um, 
But early on in his earlier Clover wasn't what he is now, you know? Right. I mean, he's found his niche. He's become a specialist, and he's become, you know, pretty darn effective. And I'm not saying McDermott's going to be that, but I, I think McDermott can do other things than just that. You know, I think you can throw him the ball in the post with a smaller guy in him or throw him, throw him the ball in the block or the elbow and let him create a little bit and, and use his craftiness and get to the free throw line. And, and he ain't going to out-athlete anybody. Uh, but I don't think anybody expects him to do that. He'll make up for that stuff with his with his moxie and, and his skill level. Um, so, and speaking to your point, yeah, he, he's going to get he's going to get a, a great opportunity. Um, he's going to get a lot of playing time. I mean, him and him and uh, Hoiberg go way back, Iowa guys. So, um, but I think you know the Bulls invested in that guy. You know, I mean, yeah, that's what I think. They gave they gave up so much. You got to play him. You got to let him develop. You know, I mean, he's a he's a big investment, and, and um, he's he's. They're probably planning on him being a, a very important part of the Bulls' roster and culture for the next five to seven years at least. So, him, Snell, Butler, those guys, I mean, they're getting right in the middle of things. I mean, I know Derrick Rose is your superstar and he needs superstars, but I don't know what's going to happen with Derrick Rose in his future with the Bulls. This 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 new stuff that just came out certainly doesn't help, but I don't know where his role fits. I don't know how he feels about the Bulls right now, you know? Um, those are all questions that everybody's asking, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But those young guys are definitely going to get some kick. Um, and they're going to get opportunities, that's for sure. It's going to be a different brand of basketball. Do you think this might be hard-headish, uh, what's the right word, just a big Bulls fan and kind of meatheadish maybe? You think they could... I think I know what you're going to say. What? Go ahead. Get rid of Rose? Yeah. Trade him? We think... We... we, we Bull... Dave, get rid of I mean, that bull. Are you kidding me? How do you know? I mean, we think alike, Sam. I'm dead serious. I am dead serious. No, I, I, I would mean, get. I would get. It's been. I thought about it too. I would get. I would get rid of him right now. Yeah, I thought about it a few years ago, actually. You know, um, as far as just when, when are they going to decide that? Here's the thing: they're not going to win a championship with him being the best player. That's been proven. You know, I mean, he obviously went through all the knee stuff. He's an MVP, but. It's hard for a guy that small to be your number one option. And he could be the number one option, don't get me wrong. He could be a closer, but you, they don't just don't have the right stuff around him. And like you said, is he getting stale now? You know, I mean, he is, he's obviously proven at the end of last year that he can kind of get back to that level that he was at. Um, but is it, is it time to maybe look at options and what you can get for him? I think it's I time. Think possibly. Oh. You know, it's, it's a question to ask. Put it this way. In the conference room, it's something, it's a topic of conversation. I think, There's no you know? better time than now. I mean, really. Yeah, I mean... Sammy's right though. He's not winning. Two years when you want to get rid of him, or in a year, I think he's up at 2017. This contract or 18, maybe. I mean, he might leave anyway. You know, I mean, he might want to get out of Chicago and might want to go somewhere where there's no pressure on him anymore and kind of just end his career um, like that. You know, I mean, he's he's obviously got a different perspective. Some comments he made last year into the media. He's obviously got a different perspective on things. You know, don't get me wrong. He's still competitive and wants to win, but. He's not. He, I think he realized he's not going to get that kind of fire that he had in 2010-11. He, he was trying to prove something, you know. He was trying to prove that he's one of the best players in the league. And I think he's proven that. And now with the injuries and now this new stuff that came out and the Bulls shake up and Thibodeau gone and I don't know. I want to see how his ego, you know, coincides with Jimmy Butler's new ego and how his ego coincides with Fred Hoiberg, his philosophy, you know, and how Reggie Rose gets involved. There's a lot of different factors at play right now, but that is definitely. Um, a great question to ask, and it's definitely not, you know, crazy to ask that. I mean, it's 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 at that point now where it's like, all right. I mean, while he's still got some worth left, you know, he's young, he's twenty six, but he just went, the injuries. You know, what can we get for him? 
He just That's went. Through, he got asked. He finally went through a full season with his knee, right? Correct. Right. Okay. He's got a little bit of gas still left in the tank. He can get you over the hump and maybe some games here and there. Yeah. Well, he, the thing, the big thing with that is he is, you know, I mean, the regular season, the regular season, and the Bulls have gotten a great glimpse yep. of, of how the regular season really doesn't matter in the playoffs. Yep. Especially those first few years with Thibodeau because they were the top of the regular season every year that. You know, when the playoffs came around, it was they couldn't they couldn't win. Um, but the thing with Rose is he's a guy that can win you games in the playoffs. You know what I mean? He's a guy that can single handedly look what he did versus the Cavs this year. You know what I mean? That game when he had the game winner and had thirty four or whatever. I mean, those those are things that you need to win championships. You know, you need Steph Curry's, you need LeBron's, you need Durant's, you need Kobe. You know, what I mean, you need guys that can go out there and say, "Here's the ball." You know, down three to two in a series, down two to one in a series, or game five of a swing series. Go get me 35, go get me 40, you know? You need guys that can do that. Um, and he's the only one, I think, that can do that on their team right now. I mean, Jimmy Butler is great. Jimmy Butler can go get you, you know, he proven he's consistent. But can Jimmy Butler go get you 45 or 50 in a playoff game? Yeah, that, you know, that's Can he like, do that? He's not at that level. Derrick yeah. Rose is a superstar as far as he's proven that he can do that. He can single-handedly win the games. So that's the, that's the tough part right there. You know, you want get, to get rid of a guy that can do that? Because I'll tell you what, it's tough to find those guys in the draft. It's tough to find those guys... You know, those guys don't come around a lot, you know. And the Bulls haven't had one since MJ. So that's what I think might trump them actually, you know, seriously, seriously considering getting rid of them. Is that guy to win your playoff games and to win your series. Yeah, I, just just me being a Bulls fan, that's all. No, it's, it's a great question to ask. And I, I can tell you, honestly, I thought about it and pondered it in the last few years. And it's, it's come up, too, in, in national media stuff. You know, at what point do the Bulls look at that? Um I guess we just sit back and find out now what comes out with this new stuff and see how the Bulls PR handles it. You know, however the Bulls PR handles it, you might get an idea of how they feel about Derrick Rose right now. You know what I mean? Yep. How are they fully 110% behind them? Are they, you know, it's just the, the way their PR comes out um, with this one is, is, is could maybe give you a little bit of a, an inside scoop or read on, on how they feel about him and, and where he stands with, with the organization. Awesome. Where does he stand with Bulls fans? That's the thing, you know? That's the thing. Are, are fans tired of him yet? I mean, are they? I am. Injury stuff I, I, and the I, I am. he's made I, last year I, and the fact that the Bulls haven't won and they've lost, you know, in the last five, six years to LeBron. I mean, how do Bulls fans feel about him? I'm sick of it, and I. That's one thing that's uh, me, like you just said, going back and forth. It's because he can, like you said, Sam. You need a guy like him. It's in anything. It's in any at any level. <laughs> You need a guy who can, and especially the NBA level, you need a guy who can create his own shot and score 35 and 40. That's the problem. But I I think the Bulls would be better off without him. I mean, depending on what you can get for him, you know, you just have to rebuild then, you know. You, you got to build up for free agency. You know, you got to go after Durant when he comes out. You got to go after guys and run the from Chicago. But I know they're going after a win. I'll tell you another thing that it might help. If you get rid of Derrick Rose... It could help and hurt. I mean, the free agents wanted to come to Chicago, you know? I know for a fact, I mean, LeBron didn't want to come to Chicago because of a lot of different reasons that first year when he went to Miami, first first free agency. But I know one of the major reasons he didn't want to come to Chicago was because of Derrick Rose. Yep, I mean, 100%. It's hard for a free agent to want to come to Chicago when Derrick Rose, who's from Chicago, owns the city. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. There's a lot of egos that play there. We'll see so what get rid of them. Is that going to open up free agents to want to come here, or are free agents going to say, 
you know, they don't have enough players, you know. So it, it's it's definitely, I mean, it's something to think about. Yeah. It's a tough city. I mean, if you're a player, do you want to come as a big-name free agent to a city like this with the media scrutiny? Well, I, I, I mean, mean, the biggest reason LeBron didn't come here is a no-brainer. It's because there's a certain guy that was here that's the ultimate that he'd be always be in the shadow. And, yeah, he wants no know, uh, Scotty so, Pippen. I mean, LeBron's trying to be <laughs> that guy and, and overcome that guy as far as when talks of the greatest of all time are, are around. Bill Wennington. So, do you hear this? Do you, you want to, go ahead. Do you hear this guy? He said, you said that one of the all-time greats, and he goes, yes, yeah, Scotty Pippen. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a- <laughs> I mean, another guy that, to be honest with you, is very underrated. Yeah. I mean, he's a top 50 player, obviously, for Drake, but a lot of people don't don't realize how good that guy was. Oh, he's, he was amazing. Awesome. he's he was amazing. Awesome. He was awesome. I mean, they think that, that he hung on George's coattails and, and won six championships. That is, couldn't be further from the truth. Sammy, I was watching, if you follow everybody, follow us on Twitter at Chalks and Dogs. I was watching a Nick Bowles game, 1996. It was the best basketball game I've seen in forever. Pippen, Jordan, Oakley, Starks, Ewing, Anthony Mason. I mean, they were manhandling Jordan, and he put up forty six. Yeah, and I think. Yeah. I mean, just watching it, Sam. I mean, I I was. I think I. I think I uh, texted you. I don't know if I texted you or not, but just watching it, and I was. I was getting into the game, and I even. I even had that like that feeling, watching that game in a while. How how not different, but. Watching it as an adult, comparing it to today's basketball, it's amazing. It's, yeah, it's um, a different brand. It's a different brand, and 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 I don't want to go back. We're talking about Pippen, and but you let's get back to Pippen. Watching him play in that game was he can guard. He guard. He guarded anybody. He guarded the five through the one. He was, was incredible. Yeah, I mean, he was his body. I mean, he was. I mean, he was second in MVP the year Jordan was out. He almost won MVP that year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, he was great. I mean, he was. He was exceptional. I mean, he's like nine-time all-defense, you know? All right, say I'd it. say he's the greatest. Def- I mean, when people talk about greatest defenders of all time, he's in the top three, you know? Easy. Easy. Easily, yeah, I agree. All right, Sammy, thank you so yeah. much for, for coming on again tonight, man. Talking no, some, absolutely, man. Talking some hoops, getting a little lowdown in some Illinois. How'd you do tonight? Did you guys win? No, we lost. With you on the court? Hey man, can't win them all. Who'd you guys play? Anybody good? Uh, yeah, a team called High Rollers. Okay, they from Highland Park. I couldn't even tell you. God, I can't believe you lost with you on the court. How many? Did you, how many points did you score? He probably dropped. I don't know. Try, I don't, don't keep track anymore. Too many. He probably dropped four. I can't, count, I can't count that high. Oh, I love it, Sammy. I love it. Hey, real quick, are you playing in the alumni tournament so you could spank us again by forty? I do not know if I'm playing yet. It's pending. I may be out of town, so. All right, I'll see you there. You're going. No? All right, fellas. <laughs> All right, talk to you, Sam. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have right, a good one. Ta- bye. Well, there you go. Well, there you go, man. What a show, dude. And we, we went a little long. We went a little it's long. It's all right. We, we've been gone. I know. I think that's your baby crying. <laughs> oh, my God. I go. Late. Kaya, go to sleep. You, you want a bottle? No. We ran out of formula. 
You're gonna see. This what's gonna happen. Have you seen Pitch Perfect yet? Yeah. <laughs> have you or no? Not no. No. I'm not gonna watch it. I, I I'll tell you this. This is what's gonna happen. You're gonna go home. It's late already. You're gonna go home. You're I'm gonna, hungry, dude. You're gonna grab food. You're gonna get nice and comfy in your bed. You're gonna, your eyes are gonna close, and then it's just gonna be. That's what's gonna happen. Ashley, it's your. It's you tonight. That's so bad. Yeah. So. All right. Thanks again, everybody. Scores Club. Scores. Check them out. Get the Order pizza. Order some food. Give it a little, you know, Monday, Tuesday night, $2 you call it. Sunday night, $2 you call it. Um, order them online. Scorespizzaandgrill.com. Scorespizzaandgrill.com. Um, anybody who grabs shirts, wear them. Wear those shirts. Represent. Richie yes. Ewalt. Brian Weber. Who am I missing? Mary Weber. All you goofs who took 27 shirts that day. Wear them. For D. I'm E. Peace.